You're listening to episode 41 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up with personal brand and freedom stylist, Elizabeth Hartke. Each week, Elizabeth brings you the tools you need to create a life of true freedom and fulfillment by scaling and monetizing your personal brand. Get clarity, become a leader in your field and make an impact that pays. Grab your favorite healthy smoothie or beer and let's get to the show. Did you know there's a cost to standing still? That in fact, you're not actually standing still when we're out of a state of action in any area of our life, we're actually deteriorating in our careers, in our relationships, in our health, even our state of mind. So today, this episode is dedicated to the power of taking action. How do you do it? And how do you understand the steep price that we pay for thinking that we're actually standing still when in reality, we're moving in the wrong direction? So be sure to also check out today's show notes. You can get a Fromy, freebie from homies, in those show notes. So it's elizabethhartke.com forward slash podcast forward slash 041 because it's going to help you step into that massive action state and prioritize what really needs your attention. Today's review comes from Heart Porto Muito. This one's entitled Great Podcast on How to Start Your Business. It reads... I'm ever so slowly working towards being my own boss. I have a lot of education and a lot of skills, but don't quite know how to get started. This is the podcast I've been looking for. Thank you so much. That means the world to me because that's what I'm here for. My goal is to help you live out your purpose through scaling and monetizing your ideas, your business, your brand, everything you're doing. So I appreciate so much that you took the time to write that review and I'm cheering you on. And remember guys, as you leave these reviews, leave your Instagram name so I can shout you out and give you a shameless plug. Let's get on to the show. I can still remember the smell in the room that I used to work in in my corporate career. I had a cubicle off to the side. It was in the basement level of this building and it was always like musky and just dank and nasty. Everything about that position, I hated. I couldn't stand going to work every day in a career that just, it didn't just not light my soul up. It sucked my soul from my being. And one day my manager, who I also couldn't stand, hopefully she doesn't listen to this podcast, she called me into her office like she so often does, kind of with this condescending tone. And I just already knew like, okay, what's this one going to be? What's this conversation going to be making me feel small? So I sit down across the table from her and she asks me kind of with this flippant attitude. So do you know even where you want to be in five years? And I knew she was asking me in regards to where I want to be within this company in the next five years. But that question single-handedly changed the entire trajectory of my life. Because in that moment, I realized that five years from now, I would be going into that same office and that same cubicle, sitting across the same table from the same soul-sucking manager, if I didn't do something to change my path. Even though she was asking me where I wanted to be five years within that company, it was a reality check of like, holy crap, I'm going to still be in this freaking company five years from now. I'll be five years older. My life will be five years further along on the time spectrum, but my life will not be five years further along as far as how I want it to look. 
So in that moment, I had to make a decision that I was going to have to start taking action on the things that I used to daydream about because I was excellent at coming up with ideas. I was amazing at sitting in my cubicle and scribbling down the business plans and all these different things that were going to be my big break someday, but I didn't have the courage to take the actual action steps to move the needle in these things, to make them produce an income, to make them something viable that would allow me to leave this job. Nothing I was doing was advancing my life in actuality. And at the same time, when I looked at other areas of my life, it was the same thing. I was stuck in this average relationship that I knew wasn't really going to be the thing that I wanted for my future, but I was didn't have, you know, the courage again to walk away from it. I was in a body that was 50 pounds heavier than I wanted it to be because I kept thinking about all the things that I was going to do to lose weight someday and I'd dabble a little bit, but I wouldn't actually invest in that concept of I am doing this and these are the steps I'm willing to take together. I'm willing to fight for this thing. So today's episode, it's the wake up call. It's the reminder that at the core of who we are as humans, we are doing one of two things. We're either growing or we're dying. We're improving or we're declining. We're getting stronger or we're withering away. And that's in all areas of our lives. I've had a lot of different knee surgeries. I blew up my knee for the first time when I was 15 years old in high school playing basketball and many times after that. And I had had one of my later knee surgeries. And I remember sitting on the couch and thinking kind of like life was pausing with that surgery. I kind of had that mindset with each one. It's like, okay, I just got to survive these next six months or so, and then I'll get back to living. And it was that mentality of like, I'm pausing life that was leaving me completely blind to the fact that life was still moving forward. I was still aging. Things were still happening around me. I just wasn't advancing towards the things I wanted. So at that time, I wasn't eating right. I wasn't worried about working out because I felt like I couldn't because of my knee. And the thinking behind it was, I'll just stay put and I'll get better and I'll get to that later. But my body was saying, oh, so we're not focused on improvement. So we're actually going to decline. We're going to decline hard. And 50 pounds gained later, I realized, oh, I wasn't hitting a pause button. I was moving in the wrong direction. We're never really sitting still. On episode 38 with Amber Lillistrom, she's amazing. She did the most incredible visualization with us. I'm not going to walk you through it. I'm not even going to try to walk you through it as eloquently and as beautifully as she did in episode 38. You got to go check that out. But I am going to walk you through the premise of it because it's all about and kind of what inspired today's episode. So she had us sit, close our eyes, and just get into a quiet, relaxed state. And then she walked us through this this exercise. And she wanted us to think about where we are today and what in our hearts we're desiring so deeply. Like we're sitting here in this chair, but what's on our heart? What's etched on our soul? What's the dream? What's the vision? What's that thing that keeps nagging at us? Is it getting in incredible shape? Is it launching that next online course? Is it speaking on that stage or writing that book or starting that business or leaving that job or getting that promotion or marrying that person? Like what's the thing that's just nagging at us in a good way? Like we want it so bad. She then had us picture that highest version of ourselves, that vision of ourselves and make it crystal clear in our minds. And then she wanted us to think, 
Think about one year from now. So you're sitting there in that chair with your eyes closed. You know where you are today. You know what you want so badly. And then picture one year from now. If you continue doing what you're doing right now, keeping that up. So whatever that is, if that's sitting still, if that's not taking action on the things you most want, she gave the examples of keeping that blog a secret or journaling, but without actually getting that message out into the world, or continuing to map out those incredible live events or courses in your product suite without actually launching them? How does life look without taking any additional action? And she wants us to feel that in our souls. So one year from now, having done nothing differently, where are we? What does it feel like in your heart to keep all of those things, those deepest desires, those amazing ideas, you keep them under wraps. And now think five years out. You haven't done anything to move forth on this path. Same thing over and over. Keep showing up. You might be dreaming still or wishing or making the vision boards or journaling or coming up with the ideas, but you're not taking any new action. Do the math on how old you'll be five years from now, how old your kids will be, and you haven't taken any action on the things you've been wanting most. Okay, now go back to right now, and you just got that glimpse into a future that you don't want to feel. And if that's true, if you got a little bit of a pit in your stomach, or you saw that life and you're like, oh, that's not what I thought I wanted, then chances are you aren't taking the action you need to take. Now, if you envision five years from now, based on the action steps you're taking today, and you had excitement or joy in your soul, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is going to be amazing. You're likely doing the things that you need to do. But now come back to that space today and now picture one year from now, but picture a year from now and a life after having taken true action for an entire year. You started that podcast, you've written the blogs, and you've put them out into the world, you've launched the course, you've booked the hall for the event, you've hired the coach that you need in your corner to help you take the action steps, you've traveled to the places you've been dreaming about, you're calculating the money that's coming in from the business that you're running, and how does that feel? This time around, what does that feel like physically, emotionally, mentally? And then again, five years from now, how old are you? How old are your kids? And what does life look like after five years of just taking massive action and being willing to make mistakes, being willing to show up even after you fail? Who has come into your life? What's your energy like? What doors have opened for you? What impact are you making? How much is in your bank account? Recognize the decision you made five years ago to take the steps, to do the things, to take the risks. And that is the catalyst that's built you the life you've always wanted. I loved that visualization she walked us through. I sat there on a Zoom interviewing her with my eyes closed, doing it every step of the way. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's literally the crystal ball. We all want that. We want the crystal ball to know what the future holds. We can't predict everything. But that's something we can see. It's the thing that's going to show you a glimpse into the possibilities for your future, both good and bad. My husband and I have been expanding in our businesses lately, and I think from the outside, sometimes it looks like people or companies that are growing, they have it all figured out. 
and they're in their stride. It's easy to look on with envy or look at them in complete awe as they hit these new milestones and they achieve their accomplishments. But remember back when you were a kid, at least this was my my particular memory of it, and I'd lay in bed at night and I was kept awake by the aching in my joints, especially my knees, as my body was actually growing and expanding. I remember growing pains. I would sleep with ice packs on my knees, hoping that they'd go numb enough for me to be able to fall asleep. I was the tall kid at school, and I remember my basketball teammates saying how cool it was that I was tall and that I'd grown so much in one year, but they had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. They had no idea what my body had to go through to get there. The aches and pains, the awkwardness that comes with being in a brand new body that grew three inches in one year, the uncertainty of quite literally being at new heights. It's the same thing in business and in life. So you might see us expanding and growing And you might see on social media all these awesome things we're doing and the clients we're working with and the people we're having on the podcast and all that great stuff. But you don't see Michael and I up at 11 p.m. racking our brains over budgets and goal sheets. You don't see me in tears because of another failure I thought for sure was going to be a win. You don't see the gray hairs that I'm regularly these days dying or the battle of what I have to do to hit these new heights that I'm not even qualified for yet, but I have to step into them before I'm ready. And I tell you this because all the growth and all the good through all those pains is coming from movement. It's coming from action. Even if the action leads to a failure, you guys, it's ultimately getting us to the next steps. Massive action builds momentum and momentum breeds more momentum. People think motivation is the catalyst for change. So they sit there waiting to get struck by a lightning bolt to motivate. Oh, I'm not going to do it later. I'm not really that motivated right now. I got a lot going on. I'll wait till the kids go back to school. Maybe I'll be more motivated then. No, you won't. You might get little blips of it here and there when you watch a great video or you see something that inspires you, but it's just going to totally peter out on you. But what works, what creates motivation and sparks motivation is action and momentum and movement and just driving that thing forward, even if you end up crashing into a wall. You have to keep going. You have to keep trying. We were sitting down talking through numbers the other night and getting ready to make our next hire within the company, which is always really exciting, but it's pretty stressful because this is something we take super seriously because we know that when we bring someone onto our team, they're essentially joining our family. But even more important than that to us is we're possibly supporting theirs. And my husband was extra stressed this time, feeling that pressure of making sure that we could fully support this person in the ways that we want to. And he felt this heaviness and this burden of being afraid of letting that person down. It's just a common thing. Like it's a growing pain that we've been experiencing over the last handful of years. And in that moment, I felt this unbelievable calm wash over me. And I remembered that in all of it, we're being guided. When we do our part, when we show up, when we take action steps, it's all for good. So hiring this person, for example, is an action step that we need to take, even though we can't fully predict the outcome. So it's a little scary. And their decision, their free will, allows them to decide whether they want to accept our offer. And that's an action step that they need to take, even though they can't fully predict the outcome. 
So best case scenario, and certainly what we're aiming for, it's a match made in heaven and we're all really happy. But worst case scenario, it's not the right fit. And ultimately we have to part ways, but either way, and this is the part I want you guys to hear and like do the little back 15 second button and hear it again and again and again. This action step has to happen. It's ultimately guiding both parties towards growth and movement. So on the flip side of that, we could choose not to hire out of fear of letting them down or anticipating the negatives that might never actually happen. And we end up right where we are right now because we need someone. We need to bring someone on. But instead, we choose not to out of fear. And that means we're decaying because we aren't doing what we need to do to move things forward. Or that hire, that person that we're looking at, could choose to stay in their safer job because of what may or may not happen. But then they're still in a career that they don't like, not working towards any positive change towards the life that they're sitting there daydreaming about. So yes, there are risks, but at some point we have to measure the risk of standing still, the cost of not doing business. And I said it many times before and I'll say it again, I'd rather risk my pennies and save my regrets. Meaning I'd rather take those those leaps that might cost me a little money or a little bit of time or a little bit of dignity and save myself from a life of looking back on having said, wait a minute, I didn't do any of the things I wanted to do. And I thought somehow time was going to work in my favor, but it robbed me. It robbed me of my joy. It robbed me of my opportunities. And it was all because of my choices, my choices to not act, whether it be out of fear or uncertainty or lack of clarity, whatever it is. So I now know, and I fully embrace the fact that I will take action. This, to me, I made this this commitment to myself. At the start of this year, I said, I don't know exactly what my goals are yet, and I don't know whether I can hit some of the goals I'm thinking about, but my promise to myself is I'm just going to do a lot of shit. I'm just going to take massive action. When I get an idea in my mind, I'm the type of person that wants to sit on it, daydream about it, write it in my pink notebook, and then maybe put it in my teal notebook and write about it over there and then put it up on my whiteboard because that makes it a little more legit and then put it into a digital document so that then, of course, like then it's real because it's digital, but I don't actually take any action. That was my MO for years. And I said, No more. I've built a lot of things over the last few years, but I could have built them faster had I embraced this reality that I don't care if I fall flat on my face. I will pick myself back up. I do it every time. And when I fall, it's teaching me something. I'm being guided. As long as I'm not sitting still, I'm moving and I'm moving in the right direction. Even if I pivot, even if I move and I do something crazy and I realize, oh my God, that's not what I wanted at all. I just learned that I don't want that so I can learn what I do want and go after that. You have to have movement for that to happen. So what can you do if you're in that place? Like you think you're sitting still when in reality you're deteriorating. What can you do? It's easy for me to just say, well, just take an action step. Just do it. Take the leap. That's not the most truthful answer because you should be a little strategic about it. First of all, there are different tools out there to help you track your action because I think tracking is important in anything and it's easy to to say, well, I tried all the things and then like 
someone asks you, well, what did you try? And you're like, well, I don't know. You know, I did a little of this, a little of that. Well, if you're actually looking and being strategic and, and being real with yourself about what you are, aren't doing, like when someone's on a diet and they're like, well, I'm eating healthy, but they're not tracking it. And then if you make them track it for a week, you see they had like six diet sodas and they got ice cream this day. And then they ate three portions of something on Thursday. It's like, well, you're not really eating healthy. If this is your ultimate goal and your ultimate vision, you're kind of moving in the wrong direction. I use Trello. There are other tools like Asana. Uh, my husband's played around with Todoist and Any.do, I believe is the other one. Those are some good incremental moving things forward. I don't do well with those kind. The incremental moving things forward. What I like about Trello is I can create a board that's like more big picture. I'm a big picture person, a high level thinker. So when I see all the little details, like let's say I'm, I say, okay, I want to launch this course. And then I have, I use one of these apps to to write out every little thing that goes into launching a course and there are like a hundred little bullets I want to vomit and then I don't want to do it but if I have a board like a Trello board and I just have like the bigger items and I can break them down as I go and I can create checklists within those boards with the smaller stuff because you need to think in terms of the details sometimes in order to get them to come to life but you have to just work with your personality type but the point is For me, like I want massive action. So I'll like, I'm crazy. I'll block off a whole day and create an entire course or I'll, you know, record 10 podcast episodes and launch them out there. Like I like to operate like that. If you're the type that's like, hey, I'm feeling good. If I know this is my dream and each day I'm checking one thing off or each day I'm checking three things off, maybe Todoist or Any.do might be better for you. This could also mean, and this was crucial for me. I had to First, years ago, I joined a mastermind. That was amazing. It changed everything because all of a sudden I had this group of people that I could bounce ideas off of that were holding me accountable. And I had one particular coach that was kind of leading the mastermind that I could throw ideas off of. Then once I got past that level, or not past that level, I still use masterminds. But when I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I need one person dedicated to my mission. Like I need a coach. I need to invest back into myself and my business and I need someone to guide me through this. That's when I brought on my business coach and everything scaled super far beyond that. Those are things that made an epic difference in my business and things that you have to decide whether you're at a place where you can make that investment. It's not cheap, but remember there's a cost of standing still. My masterminds, I see it all the time when I'm running them and I see the transformations and the people who came in with an idea or a dream or a business at this level and then they scale it or my one-on-one clients, when they bring me on to work with them, their mission becomes my mission. And it's like, we are taking this thing to the top together. And all of a sudden it just massive action happens and they are unstoppable forces. So how can you identify what you should be doing? This is an exercise that I I do with my masterminds and I do with my one-on-one clients and I think it will really help you. And if you go to the show notes again, you'll you'll see there's a an ability for you to kind of go through this process. Choose a category of your life. Maybe you're running a successful business but your marriage is crap. So focus on your marriage and then come up with the things you really want in your marriage and how you want it to look and how you want it to feel that aren't present today. Or maybe your health has been your top priority but you're still trying to perfect that plan before you really level up in your business. Take some time to tap into that vision again, the thing that's in question. 
And you can identify what needs your attention by doing this audit process. I like to do it quarterly and in the show notes. So again, elizabethhartke.com forward slash podcast forward slash zero four one. I'm going to link to the life assessment I use for my clients to help them with this process. And you're going to rate the different buckets or areas of your life that mean a lot to you. Parenthood, finances, relationships, health, business, etc. And then you're going to look at the ones that scored low. And you're likely not giving them, obviously, the attention they need, so they're pretty stalled out. Maybe they're at what you think might be a standstill. But I would almost guarantee that if you continue to neglect them and you did this assessment again next quarter, your scores would go down. So that's evidence of the fact that you're not standing still. Even if you're just totally ignoring a category and you're like, okay, I'll just come back to it in a few months and it'll still be a four and I'll deal with it then. No, it'll likely be a two. So you want your marriage to drop from a four to a two. You can see the trend that's happening. It's not a good thing. But then you can take it one step further and prioritize these buckets. So for example, just because you ranked your friendships at a two, maybe that's not really a top priority and what you're desperate to improve right in this moment. Maybe it's a two because it's finally time that you get that brand off the ground or pour into your marriage or take back your health. So look at the three lowest categories and rank them by importance to you. And this next part is important based on the three-year vision for your life. Not just what's important to you today. What's important to you based on where you want to go, who you want to become, how you want to be living. It's not that you're always going to neglect your friendships or even that you're neglecting them at all right now, but maybe they don't get to be a top priority. This should also, also very important, be based on your value system in addition to your goals and your vision. So for example, again, for me, there are certain categories that I never want to fall below like five or six. And those are my marriage, my relationship with my children, and my health. But there are others that I know can be out of balance depending on my season and my vision, my goal. So when I did this assessment at the start of the year, when we had a brand new baby, our third baby and two toddlers, I was totally fine that my business was ranking lower than normal because of the season of my my life. But it didn't sit great with me that my health was starting to rate low because I noticed that I was starting to take care of everything and everyone else but I was forgetting about myself. So that was a top priority for me. And I had to shift that even though I was exhausted, even though I had a lot going on, even though I was juggling a lot of things and I do have to take care of these babies, I can't pour from an empty cup. So that was one that I knew it was starting to dip below the range that I wanted it in. So I had to prioritize it and take massive action on it. And sometimes there also has to be the surrender of perfection and a fear of failure. This is a tough part. And especially for me, I, I've struggled with this for years over the launching of my businesses and scaling businesses and pitching myself along the way. I want to have it all figured out before I start. That's still totally my natural inclination after years of knowing that it doesn't work that way. Like I know that as a fact, yet I still want to do it that way. This podcast. Scaling up didn't come to life for years because I kept convincing myself that I had to grow my audience more first, or I had to develop more content, or I had to have all of my episodes planned out ahead of time. And then I decided I was going to show up to a mic from a closet and hit record, and it was born. You want the things to be born into your life, the dream? You've got to show up for it. You've got to be willing to suck at it. You've got to be willing to fail at it and know you're being guided that it's a part of the plan. 
I remember back when I started my branding strategy business and doing some consulting in the earlier days, I was hustling and taking on -on one-on-one clients and it wasn't pretty. But truthfully, when I started, I wasn't really running a true business because I had the website and the social media content and the outlines for what I would teach when I would get these clients and the proposals all drawn up, ready to go with the pricing on them. But you guys, I wasn't sending them to anyone. I was paralyzed by this fear of people telling me no or that I'm not the right person for them or that I'm some kind of fraud or that they don't like the stuff I'm putting out into the world. So I remember the day so vividly. I was sitting there with shaking hands, sitting on my bedroom floor with my laptop in my lap, about to hit send on my first proposal to a client that felt so far out of my league and I was terrified. And guess what? First off, I didn't die. But you know what happened after I finally sent it? I got a no. That's right. I got a no. And I'm still here to tell the tale. And my business has still grown exponentially since that day. And that attempt was the action step that I needed to take, that I needed to have the courage to do over and over and over until I fine-tuned my process and until it stuck. And with that no, I learned how I could do it better. And I learned the art of the follow-up, which, by the way, if you're running a business, there's a reason, there's a saying, the fortune is in the follow-up. I learned that I wasn't going to be doing this and have it come easy to me. And guess what the best part was? I think this, this is one of my favorite things that's been infused into me over the last 10 years. I fell madly in love with the challenge. I loved that I didn't know if after working my butt off, if it would end up in a yes or no. I started to love those nights of staying up late, knowing that I was working towards my dream. I loved chasing it and cultivating it through my own dirty hands and taking this action that was going to ultimately lead me to the life I wanted to live. The one life that I knew that I had, I was building it. I was creating it. I was listening to God's call for me and knowing I was being guided, even if there were failures along the way, and I was taking the action steps necessary to get there. It was the same way that I lost almost 60 pounds. It's the same way I've rebounded from parenting failures. It's the same way I'll continue to scale this podcast and this brand. I'll just stay in a space of massive action because I know that even if the action step is the wrong one, I'm not dying. I'm not deteriorating. I am showing up. I am all in for my life. So what do you think? Do you think you're ready to take that massive action? No? Perfect. Then now's the time. You don't wait till you're ready. You do it because you want it. You do it because you're hungry. You do it because you have a vision for your life, for your future, for your family, for that brand, that idea, that calling on your soul for your purpose. That's why you do it. You don't do it because you're ready. Nobody's ever ready. So speaking of massive action, I want you to take some with me. If this episode spoke to you in any capacity, I want you to take a screenshot and I want you to share it on your stories or share it in your social media feeds and tag me at Eliz Hartke with the hashtag I'm scaling up. And I'm going to pick one lucky winner to have a one-on-one call to help you map out the game plan for taking massive action on your dream. So take a screenshot, tag me at Eliz Hartke with the hashtag I'm scaling up, and I'm going to be picking someone the week this episode launches. 
I'm so on board for your dreams. I am so behind you 100%. And this community of people, they're ready to cheer you on too. We want to see each other succeed. That's why we're here. That's why we're showing up. That's why we're scaling up. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.